0: Job 23, 12 says, I have not departed from the commands of God's lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. In last week's podcast, I said that we need to learn to delight in God's word. We need to say, as David did in Psalm one nineteen one o three, 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. The pressing question we have to address here is this, how do I get to that point? What must I do in order to experience true delight in God's Word? How does a person learn to actually treasure God's Word more than anything else? Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. Welcome to episode number 48 as we continue our mini series on how to live for Christ. Today's podcast is entitled Christian Cows. I've got to do it. I can't help myself. Moo. (laughs) I know you're probably rolling your eyes right now, but what a title, Christian Cows. Where is that coming from? Well, hopefully you'll stick with the entirety of this podcast so you can find out. But truly delighting in God's word begins with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, the unsaved don't care for the God of the word. So it only makes sense that they're not going to care about the Word of God. They don't see the need for it. They don't understand it, simply because they can't. Until you have a personal relationship with Christ, you will never be able to understand the Word of God. You see, as 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 says, people who aren't spiritual can't receive the truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. 1 Corinthians 2.14 Before we can truly delight in God's Word, we need to understand that the Bible is not just another book. It's not some sci-fi story that you pull off the shelf and read all the way through in a weekend, although it does tell the accounts of out of this world experiences, it's not a storybook that you read just before bedtime, although it does tell the story of God's redemption of all of mankind. It's not a romance novel that you read while curled up by a fire on a cold winter's day, although it does share how God demonstrated his amazing love for man by sacrificing himself on our behalf. it's not a It's not a history textbook, not something you teach to a class of bored students although it does tell the history of mankind from creation to his eternal destination. The Bible's not a how-to book for do-it-yourselfers that you read when you want to fix something, although it does show us how to repair a broken relationship with God and how to live a life that brings glory to your Heavenly Father. The Bible is God's inspired word, written to you and me to show us who God is and who we are before Him. It shows our need for a Savior and how God provided for that need through the person of Jesus Christ. In the Bible, you discover God's desire to have a personal relationship with you. And within its pages, He shows you exactly how you can know Him, not just as your Creator and Judge of the universe, but as your Savior and Father and eternal friend. The Bible teaches you how to live a life that is holy and pure. It shows you how to say no to sin and yield your life in full and complete and total surrender to God, living a life that in every way glorifies Him. What an amazing book the Bible is. The Bible is God speaking directly to you to help you cope with every issue in life you will ever face. As you listen to the Holy Spirit and you choose to yield to His leadership in your life, He helps you as you face your temptations. He helps you handle all of life's trials. He teaches you from Scripture how to find peace and happiness, contentment through an intimate relationship with your Heavenly Father. The Bible is the instrument that God uses to provide you with power and strength, knowledge, understanding, wisdom, and hope. Within its pages, you will find life and food for your soul. Can you begin to understand why you need to delight in God's Word? Do you want to live a life that glorifies God? If the answer is yes, then choose to live according to the Word of God. Psalm 119 verse 9 asks, How can a man keep his way pure? The answer, by guarding it according to your Word. Do you want to live a sin-free life? If your answer is yes, then hide God's word in your heart. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Do you need to find strength and encouragement during times of stress suffering and sorrow? If your answer is yes, then read your Bible. Let it uplift you. Psalm 119 verse 28 tells us that God's word strengthens, it encourages, and in verse 50 it says it comforts in all of our troubles. Do you feel lost and and have a, a need for a sense of direction? If the answer is yes, open the scriptures, let God guide you. In Psalm 119, 105, we see that God's word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Are you looking for hope? If the answer is yes, you will find it within the pages of Scripture. David says in Psalm 119, verse 114, You are my hiding place and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. See, when you begin to see God's word in light of what I just said, then you can say with the psalmist in Psalm 119, 147, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. In Psalm 1, verse 2, David says that the one who is blessed is the one who delights so much in God's word that he meditates on it day and night. Not only does that person long to read God's word, he thinks about what he read throughout the day. He's seriously contemplating what God said to him and how he can apply it to his life. Does that describe you? When you are truly delighting in God's word, You're going to do more than just read it. You're going to meditate on it. You are going to ask God to show you how to apply its truths and its principles to every aspect of your life. By the way, the word meditate in Psalm 1 verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. That word meditate is written in what's called the imperfect tense. It's what I call a perfectly imperfect word. You see, the meditation that David's talking about is an action that is not yet completed. It's imperfect. It is something that must be repeated over and over and over and over again. You see, listening to God's word shouldn't be enough. Reading God's word shouldn't suffice. You can't get enough of what God has to say. You find yourself thinking about it throughout the day. All right, I have four questions I want to ask you here. Questions that are geared to really put you on the spot, make you a little uncomfortable, make you squirm in your seat. Question number one, did you read your Bible today? Let's assume that the answer was yes. Here's question number two, what did you read? Do you remember what it said? Question number three, have you been thinking about how it applies to you today? Have you been meditating on it? And question number four, have you been asking God to show you how to live that truth out in everything you think and say and do today? You see, that's meditating on God's Word. Meditation is not some mystical, Eastern religion-based activity. It's it's not about sitting cross-legged on the floor with your eyes closed and fingertips barely touching while you sit there quietly humming to yourself. In Scripture, the verb to meditate, refers to breaking something down into small, chewable pieces. You see, meditating makes it easier to digest what you've eaten, so that you can draw strength and nourishment from it, similar to a cow chewing her cud. Did you know that before a cow can chew its cud, watch this now, she first has to eat some grass? (laughs) Well, there's a no-brainer. Think about it. If there's no grass in her stomach, there will be no cud to chew later on. In a similar way, it is impossible for you to meditate on God's Word if you're not first feeding upon it. You need to read, study, and even memorize Scripture before you can ever begin to meditate upon it. Now, I'll confess, I am not a cow guy. In fact, I know very little about cows other than they eat grass, say moo, and give some milk. So I had to do a little research and some digging, and and, and here's what I've learned. After sufficiently chewing the grass, old Bessie swallows it. When she does, it goes into the first of four chambers in her stomach. A little while later, she regurgitates that chewed-up grass and begins chewing it again. As she chews, she's breaking down the grass further. She then swallows it again. This time it goes into chamber number two of her stomach. A little bit later, she'll bring it back up again and chew on it some more. Each time she brings it up and chews on it, she's breaking it down more and more to enable proper digestion. That's a great example of meditation of Scripture. See, every time you open your Bible and read it, every time you dig into it and study it, every time you commit a verse to memory, you're feeding upon the Word of God. Every time you hear your preacher preach a Sunday morning message, every time you listen to one of these podcasts, every time you listen to a radio preacher, you are feeding upon the Word of God. You're chewing on it and then swallowing it and taking it into storage, hopefully for later use. And then periodically throughout the day, you bring it back up. you bring it back to mind, and you begin to think about it, and you evaluate it, you scrutinize it. you're seeking to know and understand just what God is saying. you're chewing on it. You're wanting to understand how does it apply to me? And Then you swallow it down again, storing it for later use. You keep your heart open to the leading of the Holy Spirit all throughout the day. You're asking God to guide you into a deeper understanding of the things that you're learning. As the day goes on, you again bring it up and chew on it some more, thinking about the principle or principles or standards or promises that God is teaching you, and how you can apply it to your life today. Now, here's the cool thing. God will give you practical opportunities throughout the day to apply what you've learned. For example, let's say you read some scripture during breakfast. You've fed upon God's Word, right? Right? And as you progress throughout the morning, you begin to think about what you read at breakfast time. You think about what it means. You think about how it applies to your life. You think about how you should adjust your choices and your actions today accordingly. So during your lunch break, you're sitting there eating your leftover ham between two dry slices of bread while you're thinking more about that text of Scripture. You're definitely seeing that God's showing you an area in your life that needs some attention, So you utter a quick prayer. You ask the Father to reveal to you what it is he wants you to do and to give you strength to apply it to your life. You finish your lunch and you go on back to work or whatever it is you were doing. That evening, someone makes a comment that upsets you, and immediately that verse of scripture that you were meditating on all day pops into your mind. (laughs) Smiling, you reply with a biblical, loving response instead of the sharp retort that you would have given yesterday. That is the process of meditation. If you're going to grow spiritually, you need to feed daily on God's word, and then you need to meditate on it. Psalm 119, verse 97, oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Can you say that? David shouted from the top of his lungs, I love feeding upon God's word. Did you catch that? He loved it. Oh, how I love your law. (laughs) He enjoyed it so much that he had a deep craving for it. He wasn't happy. He wasn't satisfied until he was able to sit down and consume Scripture. And then, throughout the day, he kept thinking and thinking and thinking, chewing it over what had God said to him. He clung to every word he read. It was his lifeblood, if you will. So again, I put you on the spot. Do you feel that way about God's Word? If the answer is no, why not? Do you enjoy being in the Word so much that you have a deep craving for it? If no, why not? Here's two more questions I want you to consider carefully. First of all, every time you open your Bible, what are you doing with what God reveals to you? Maybe a better question is, are you even looking for God to reveal something to you, or are you just simply reading it because it's a task a good Christian person does? Here's my second question. Are you considering God's Word during the day? When you encounter an unplanned for situation, what are the first thoughts going through your head? When your boss is demanding, when a client is frustrating you, when the children aren't obeying yet again, Or the car breaks down in the middle of rush hour, what goes racing through your mind? Well, before I wrap up today's episode, I have a request of you. If you're a subscriber to this podcast, then you know that I very rarely mention this. I mentioned this in last week's episode, and I'm going to mention it again this week, possibly next week as well. So please understand that the fact that I'm talking about this indicates it's a vital importance to our ministry. You see, our time here on earth is quickly running out. (laughs) Of that, I'm becoming most certain. All too soon, the trumpet of God is going to sound, and our Heavenly Father is going to call His children home to be with Him. Oh, what a glorious day that will be. And as His child, I feel the irresistible urge. I, I feel the undeniable draw to make these last days Ones that are completely and unreservedly focused on glorifying God in every aspect of my life. To that end, I am firmly persuaded that God has given me a very specific focus—a for the rest of my life assignment, if you will. In Acts chapter 20, verses 22 and 24, the apostle Paul says, "I am bound by the Spirit. I don't know what awaits me, but my life." is worth nothing to me unless i use it for finishing the work assigned me by the lord jesus the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of god well for me steve etner i am bound just like paul by the spirit to the task of pointing others toward the power of christ and the impact that god's word can have in their everyday lives i Hmm, I feel compelled, probably the best way to describe it, I'm compelled to show men and women from Scripture how to live in victory and freedom, specifically from the lure of lust and the pull of porn and the magnet of masturbation. You see, I was under that bondage for over 30 years of my life. If you've listened to the episode where I shared my testimony, then you know my story. God set me free. And now, for the last 10 years, and hopefully for another 10 at least, if not more, if God tarries, I have the distinct privilege and honor of every day meeting with men literally all over the globe, teaching, counseling, coaching in how to be men of purity, men of integrity, men of godliness. I do this primarily through the ministry that is known as the Pure Man Ministry, also known as the Purity Coach. Well, truth be told, I don't know how many more years God is going to give me, but I am committed to dedicating every one of those years to this ministry. Coming soon on Tuesday, November 30th, it's a day known across the globe as Giving Tuesday. Its purpose is to encourage individuals and churches to support a specific cause or a ministry that they believe in. If you share the desire that we have here, to see men and women walk in integrity and live in sexual purity, then I am personally inviting you to join our team of ministry partners. You see, we've set the goal of raising $42,000 by giving Tuesday, if not sooner, to cover the costs of our ministry for 2022. We need $42,000 to keep the ministry going for another year. This will take a group effort. But the impact that your donation will have to this ministry is incredible. You see, through your financial gifts, the Pure Man ministry is able to pour into the hearts of both men and women, investing in their lives, their marriages, their homes, and even their churches, training them how from God's word they can live free from addiction to porn and lust and masturbation, how they can live free from their addiction all to the glory of God. Without compromise, the Pure Man ministry shows people how to have a continuous relationship with Jesus that is real and personal. If you've been listening to our podcast for a while now, you know that to be true. So to that end, I am personally asking for your prayerful consideration, for your financial assistance to come alongside and partner with us in providing hope and helping men and women win their personal battle for purity. Would you help us raise the goal of $42,000 for 2022? Your gift to this ministry is not only deeply appreciated, which it is, but it's also tax deductible. You certainly don't have to wait till November 30th to give. You can visit our website even today, thepuritycoach.com. Again, that's thepuritycoach.com. And click on the donate button in the upper right corner of our website and you can give your tax-deductible donation today. Please, help us reach our goal so that we can reach the world with a message of hope, healing, and restoration. And if you've not yet subscribed to this podcast, oh, let me encourage you to do so today so that you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Well, until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking.